Hello and welcome back to the Lack of Depth Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Began and this is my Sky Fantasy Football Guide for the 2022-2023 Premier League season. Uh, I, this is aimed slightly at beginners, but I'll be talking through my strategy later on and watch out for uh, over the weekend, probably Friday night, where I will be releasing my... Uh, fantasy teams for both FPL and Sky FF. But today I'm going to be speaking you through the uh, differences between FPL and Sky FF because a lot of the uh, Twitter conversation around Sky FF is the best way to approach it in comparison to your uh, kind of FPL strategy and there are quite a few differences so I'll talk through them first. I'll then talk about the differences between last season and this season and why players when you sort them by uh, who got the most points last season why some players may appear to be better than they actually are i'll then talk about my tips so uh my strategy uh players to avoid and uh some potential low risk approaches that players who are new to the game could have to ensure that by the halfway point they're at least in with the shout of being in the top couple hundred if not winning the game and then at the end, I'll be talking through my selections for some enablers to consider and the importance of enablers in a game where, because in a game that's properly priced, your enablers like can't be players like Neto and something like that. So yeah, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold costs almost as much as Salah in this game. Like it, everything is just like, you're splitting hairs really to try and pick the best premiums and you can't have all the premiums. And so you will have to have someone who costs like, six million which sounds like a lot in fpl but is not a lot in sky ff because you only have you have more you have a hundred million but you're only going to pick an 11 and uh every good player costs more than 10 million so uh yeah bear with me while i'll um pull up the rules and talk you through the differences and how the game and the point system works compared to fpl and then uh touch on a couple different differences and a couple other <laughs> differences so so yeah, the basic scoring system works the same way. You're getting points for being in the starting 11, uh, points for a substitute appearance, uh, points for scoring goals, points for assists. You get more points if you're in the midfield for a goal than if you're a striker. And then you get all as much as seven points for a goal if you're a defender. So that kind of is the same point structure. It's the bonus points tier one and tier two that's different so to talk you through bonus points tier one if a goalkeeper makes three saves they get two points uh if an outfield player gets four tackles uh they get plus two points if an outfield player gets 60 completed passes that's sorry these are all players so if any player gets four tackles or 60 passes they get two points or two shots on target they'll get two points that's for goalkeepers as well it's just that they'll get them uh, and then bonus points tier two is if a goalkeeper makes five saves, they'll get three points. If a player gets five tackles, they'll get three points. If a player completes 70 passes, they'll get three points. And if a player gets three shots on target, they'll get three points. Uh, captaincy also works slightly differently, but I'll talk about that last, actually. I'll just make a note of that. Captaincy. So, yeah. As you can already tell, you get a lot of points for tackling and passing, which means that centre-backs, especially this season, with there being more uh, uh, more substitutes, um, it's more likely that full-backs are going to be rotated because of the 
running that they have to do in game and the kind of uh, athletic output that they have to have is is lesser than kind of holding midfielders and centre backs. And so centre backs are generally better options in this game than full backs. Cancelo being the outlier because he is one of the few fullbacks in the game that gets passing tiers and tackling tiers. Uh, transfers also work slightly differently. So in FPL, you start off with one transfer and then you can roll them week to week. I'm not sure if there's a maximum. I, I have to check if there is. I certainly have never reached it. But if you go over your one or two transfers that you've got for the game week, you then have to take minus points in order to be more. And uh, Sky FF this season, you have 50 transfers that you can use whenever you want, and you can use up to five in any game week. And game weeks run from Friday to the following Thursday. I'm glad I remembered that. Uh, clean sheet points. Uh, you get as much for a clean sheet as you do for a goal. Your, your defenders get as much for a clean sheet as your strikers do for a goal. And so that's another reason why... Uh, certain players are not as viable because if you can just get a player who's getting a clean sheet, they're going to steadily, and because they're more likely to get passing tiers and stuff, they're going to steadily outperform outperform a striker for a better team. And captaincy. So you pick a captain, uh, you, you pick a captain for every uh, game day, not every game week. And so to use the first game week as an example, I would pick in my current draft, Jesus to captain, on game day one, which is Friday. Then on Saturday, I'm captaining Salah against Fulham. And then on Sunday, I will captain either Cancelo or Haaland against West Ham. So you get more of a spread, but also in that you get things called single captaincy days, like Fridays, where similar to FPL, you get double points for whoever you captain. So if you don't have a player playing on that single game day, it's advantageous to bring them in. And that's kind of what the... Um, I want to say meta, but template strategy is, is that if you don't have someone for a single game day to bring them in either just for that game day or for that game day and the fixtures after it in order to not miss out on the double points that you can get on that day. Because that is, uh, say someone scores two goals, you're then 40 points behind where you would just be 20 from everyone else. So, yeah. And uh, so that's how captaincy work. And then transfers, you do get five per game week, but you can, you can do your transfers between games. And so one strategy that I was showing someone the other day is that uh, say they really wanted a premier goalkeeper, but they didn't want Jesus. They could, so not premier, um, elite, what's the word for like the best guys? Um, premium, not premier, premium goalkeeper but you didn't have Jesus for the first fixture, you could always start with Ramsdale and then transfer him out after he's played his game and got double points for uh, Allison playing the next day against Fulham and get the points from both of them, uh, notably getting double points for um, Ramsdale. So yeah, that's the main difference in how that works. And then I'll talk you through team structuring and how that impacts the game. The only other thing that I'll, I'll just reiterate that is a main difference is that the pricing is, again, a lot better. So Cancelo's 11 million, Salah is 11.7, I believe. And so that's only 0.7 of a difference when it is 6 million, no, 5 million difference in FPL. So you do have to be careful with how you use your funds. 
the only other difference the only other differences I wanted to outline uh, are the differences between this season and last season. So the first one is that you get 50 transfers and there's only one mandatory overhaul. Overhaul is called wildcard on FPL. They're the exact same thing, but overhauls on Sky FF were notoriously um, kind of uh, bucked against and what's the word? Like, like downed, like negatively spoken of by the 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 sky ff twitter sphere because um them being mandatory mean that that meant that the tactics going into them were a little bit less you were you, you were able to do a kind of lesser range of, of of tactical stuff you were kind of almost forced into a template especially early in the season because there was normally an overhaul three game weeks in and so everyone would have the same uh team for the first three game weeks i remember last season everyone had aston villa's entire defense for the first three game weeks the mandatory overhaul happened everyone could do as many transfers as they want and then no one kept any villa players so yeah watch out for that um and then the other thing uh, that's different from last year is that there's no man of the match and so your kind of mid-priced attacking players are a lot less viable you're Callum Wilson's down in price, so he's a bit more valuable, but your players like Ivan Tony, uh, Rafinha, he's gone now, but he got a lot of man of the matches. And especially these kind of star players in smaller clubs, you could rely on them to get man of the matches if they were going to score. So any game that Callum Wilson scored in or Rafinha scored in, they would get man of the match because they were so much better than the rest of the team. But now, uh, say Callum Wilson does score, he'll end up with the exact same amount of points as uh, Sven Botman. And I, I predict that um, maybe not this specific team, but a lot of people would predict that it's a safer bet to predict uh, Newcastle to reliably get keep clean sheets than to reliably have one person score a goal every single game. And so by hedging your bets, it's a lot easier this season to just go big at the back or even medium at the back and tiny up front and just hope that any one player doesn't score the two goals they would need to outperform a defender that gets a clean sheet. So, yeah, and that that massively affects certain players like uh, Harry Kane gets 20 less points and so on and so on. There's a really good podcast. I think it's called the Three and One Sky Fantasy Podcast, where they talk about the players with the largest um, uh, disparities. Disparities? Differences? Dis- the largest disparities? Disparities? Dis- the largest differences between um, what they scored last year with Man of the Match points and what they would have scored this year without them. So I recommend you check those guys out. Um, to move into my tips... Uh, the first thing that was a personal tip from my experience that I would recommend doing this season as opposed to uh, just from personal experience what I did last season is that I wanted to be the smartest Sky Fantasy player and so I was obsessed with having the best team and although that sounds good it's very important I would say in FPL but even more so in this game because you can have up to five subs in any one game and you can sub between every match, it's very important to have the best strategy and the best plan, at least for the medium term. I wouldn't plan too long term because, you know, form can change. But 
the best strategy will win you the game in your mini league and all these things. And uh, a team you're in love with that you think makes you look really smart is almost definitely too kind of hipster. And you're, you, you should never be in love with a player because it's clouding your judgment. Don't try and have the best team that you think makes you look like a genius because you understand passing and kicking and goals. Uh, and try and pick the most template team that's definitely going to get the most points and come up with the best strategies to maximise how to be competitive for the next, you know, 17 game weeks until the World Cup, and then you can have a bit of a re-evaluation. The next thing that I think goes hand in hand with this is play the fixtures uh, to within an inch of their lives. So play the fixtures within an inch of their lives. I guess what I mean by that is that because you can transfer five people in at once if you genuinely think in the first six weeks that wolves will keep five clean sheets because their fixtures are that amazing only going for one wolves defender is just going to make you have a template level of success so you're just going to be kind of uh bobbing around everyone else who has eight nuri but if you genuinely believe that that is the best defense to go with you need to bet big on that and i would say bring in Josie Sa as well. If that's what you think, if you think that's going to be the best defence, go double. And um, use those five subs. Use two of them to, to take them back out and then go aggressive with something else. I'm not saying you have to be aggressive to play the fixtures. I'm just saying this is how you should be thinking. Think if you've got 50 transfers to use throughout the season and you can use them whenever you want, uh, there's 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 no point in not picking the best defense or midfield or attack that you think you could possibly have in the first six game weeks. I think Spurs are going to start the season really well, and so uh, I don't really have any drafts without both Kane and Son, and I do have drafts without Zala because I just think uh, that 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 to me feels unmissable at least for the first couple of weeks. My next tip is avoid low value attackers long term. I kind of. I kind of already touched on this. What I mean by long-term, just to expand on the point, is yes, without Man of the Matches, they're all slightly useless. But say there's a game that you genuinely believe that Callum Wilson will score in, and you don't think they'll keep a clean sheet, you could maybe bring him in for that. I would just avoid, I would just avoid having your enablers, so your long-term uh, players kind of propping up all of the... Uh, premium talent in your team I would avoid having them be attackers because your CDMs that get tackling and passes bonuses and your centre backs that get clean sheets and passing bonuses are always going to be more valuable and then um, yeah my last tip is low risk big at the back I've got a friend who I helped get into Fan Sky Fantasy this year because we always have a, a league with all our mates in it and he hasn't watched uh, football in years uh, or at all, maybe ever. And uh, I just set him up with a team with all of the best defenders in the game, which as long as he remembers to set his captains every week, I imagine we will probably have the same amount of points 10 weeks in. Because yes, there will be weeks where Kane and Salah both score two goals, but there'll be weeks where neither of them score two goals. And in both of those weeks, uh, Van Dijk, Cancelo, Trent, Robertson, Diaz, Allison are going to have 10 points. And 10 points every week is, is a lot to turn your nose up at. So, yeah, those are my tips. And then 
my enablers to consider hopefully i'll be able to edit this down so it's not too long but my enablers to consider to begin with defenders let's take this down to under 8 million and then i'll take it down further to under um take it down to under 8 million and then i'll take it down further to uh, under seven. First of all, I would say avoid Zinchenko. He doesn't look like he's going to be getting passing tiers just from his preseason performance. And generally, fullbacks don't get it. He's also not playing as an incredibly attacking fullback. And so you can get clean sheet points from someone else. You don't have to pay the eight million for him. That being said, he is cheaper than both the centre backs, but the centre backs. The centre-backs I'm talking about here being Ben White and Gabriel Saliba is a little bit different of a conversation because Tommy Asu is injured, so Saliba is involved at the moment. But to pay $8 million just for the clean sheet points, you could probably go somewhere else slightly better with your money. Uh, the kind of known of all known in every single Twitter draft uh, under $8 million centre-back to go for or defender to go for is definitely Romero. He's nailed. He'll play almost every game. He's a good tackler as well as someone who's going to get passing tiers. And so he'll take over extremely well. He's probably the only player in the game that's been underpriced this year. Him and maybe um, Gabriel Jesus, just because you see his, his ownership being so high uh, is probably an inkling that um, 10 million. I think, I think Gabriel Jesus being less than Jamie Vardy is a bit weird just because of the way Arsenal look at the moment. But, and also, Gabriel Jesus is in a team that finished fifth, and Vardy's in a team that finished God knows fucking where. So those are my first two. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Um, No, I can't think of anyone else close to 8 million. But then when we get to kind of the 7.5 point, I've got a few options that I really like, who are 8 Nuri, uh, who may not get, many returns because he's playing in a four back and not a five back but obviously with um being injured yeah obviously being injured that and expected to miss the start of the season he will at least start and so it's probably worth the risk because he's only 7.3 million and they probably will get clean sheets and that's someone who if you compare to Zinjenko, albeit wolves might be a slightly worse defense this season than they were last year and you could argue that Arsenal probably is the better defence of the two to save 0.7 million that you can fund you know my pre uh, premium quality players with uh, is something that I think you can't really miss and then obviously the moment eight Nuri gets rotated or you just don't like him anymore you can swap to a Botman or a Saliba uh, for me I think I'll probably start with Botman or Saliba because I think of the three teams I think of the three teams, I'd probably say that Wolves and Newcastle have the best first three fixtures. But I think Saliba is part of the best defence. And I think Botman and Saliba are most likely to get passing tiers. But what I can tell from Newcastle Twitter is that um, it's, it's not unlikely that we see uh, Botman be rotated just as he's eased into the team. And so I feel better generally better about bringing in uh, Saliba because uh, on Sky, the you're allowed to make uh, transfers and edit your team right up until kickoff. And so you do have the team sheets for Arsenal on Friday. 
before the game week starts. And so you'd know. But if Saliba's not in the team sheet, I'll probably go for eight Nuri or Botman. I've not really decided yet. So those are my defenders. And then in midfield, my three for between seven and eight million are uh, Nettle just because the fixtures are so good. I don't love him. He's probably my least favourite, but I think there is a chance he bangs and, you know, it's a good differential to have. He's also much more of a differential in Sky FF because most of the people who play, play Sky FF, at least competitively, competitive, you know what I mean? At least seriously, like they've got Twitters and stuff, uh, all go for DMs uh, for their enablers. And then Belling is someone who has a real threat of attacking return if he wasn't in the worst team ever. Um he has a real threat of attacking return, but he's also someone who is likely to get tackles tears as well. And so you're kind of doubling up there a bit like Bruno Guimaraes, who I wanted to talk about a little bit. He's not really an enabler, but I, he's see when people in FPL are talking about him and they're talking about him playing a deeper role, that means he's even better for Sky because he was already getting tackling tears every game and now he's likely to get passing tiers as well and so if you can afford the 8.3 million for him over someone like I'm about to recommend Ben Tanker I'd probably recommend that switch because I was shocked that Ben Tanker didn't start the last friendly game because I was I, I thought he would be nailed but he's pretty nailed for passing tiers and he's a bit cheaper but um Ben Tanker will be rotated throughout the season in those two holding midfielder roles, even though he's their best holding midfielder. And uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bruno Guimaraes just won't be because they don't have uh, European football. And then my last one that I like, no, we're now between 7 million and 6 million. And the uh, guys I like there are Gibbs White, uh, Palina and Kamara. Uh, Palina and Gibbs White are both 6.6 .6 million. Gibbs White, bit of a billing feel, but he definitely is less likely to get tackle steers, more likely to have some kind of uh, attacking output. Uh, Palina for the tackles, Kamara for the tackles, and then possibly the passing, but you're kind of clutching at straws there. We don't really know how they're going to play. I just know how Gerard played in... Um, I know how Gerard played in Scotland with Rangers... I know last season they definitely did try and play uh, a, a kind of possession-heavy type of football that saw the CDM get involved a lot. And especially when they look out, uh, out of ideas, they're just kind of passing it side to side through the CDM. And uh, it's not David Louise. The guy who played CDM for them last year got... Um, Right, one sec. Let me look up Villa. I wait at this bit out. I always say that and don't, but I, I... Is his name David Louise? Shut up. It says D. Louise. Is his name David Louise as well? Okay, well, I thought I was wrong, but his name could well be David Louise. He got passing tears. Uh, after Gerard came in, he was playing at the holding part of that midfield, and so I would expect Kamara to do that. He also came from a team where that had him in like the 99th, 93rd percentile for passes attempted, and so I'd be very surprised if Gerard just brought him in from a system that uh, kind of has 
the CDM on the ball so much and plays a system with the CDM on the ball so much and he came in and was not on the ball so much. Also, he came to Villa for free and so he will have been promised a starting spot and so I expect him to start every week. Um, and then Palina won't get passing tiers because they won't have enough of the ball, but he'll get uh, tackles tiers and he's really big so he has a threat from set pieces as well. And then to touch on some previous points about um, budget strikers the first three games for Newcastle were so good that I would say go for Callum Wilson if he's fit apart from that never go for a budget striker attacker ever ever it's a terrible idea unless you're just going absolutely honking massive at the back so yeah those are my tips for uh, the Sky Fantasy Premier League season starting Friday and on Friday uh, you'll see uh, another podcast from me about my teams so yeah uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you're well. Hope your family are well. Hope everyone's well. And uh, watch out for another podcast on Friday. And if it doesn't come out on Friday, it'll come out next week. So I love you lots. <laughs>